across the city and South Cambridgeshire. On FM, digital and your mobile. Cambridge 105 Radio. Welcome to another From the Terraces uh, for this week. Again, a full round of fixtures uh, across the uh, various uh, teams we look at. We'll be talking to uh, Matt in a minute. I think he's angry, so this is going to be interesting. Um, Not a great performance yesterday, but against a side that are very good, a good defensive record, but we didn't do ourselves any favours. A loss at Barnsley, more on that uh, in a minute. Histon managed a second uh, 3-0 uh, win, back-to-back 3-0 wins. Uh, we'll be talking to Lance about that. That was at uh, Lutterworth. And uh, Cambridge City, unfortunately, uh, couldn't manage uh, another win. Uh, they lost yesterday uh, 3-2 to uh, Coles Hill Town, uh, despite a late recovery uh, and a fantastic overhead kick from Jared Robson uh, four minutes from the end of the game, but uh, 3-2 it finished to Coles Hill Town. And in the women's football, following um, defeats last week, a 1-0 defeat uh, to uh, London Seaward for Cambridge City, and a uh, defeat against... Oops, hang on a second, I've got that one there. A, hashtag, a defeat against Hashtag, close at the first half. Good game, but unfortunately lost that one quite heavily, 5-1. Um, City are in action against QPR. United have the day off. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can. All the usual ways, you can text 07919 070490. That's 07919 070490. Or you can email studio at cambridge105.co.uk. Now we'll start with that United. Right, okay, so now I'm bracing myself here. I know Matt's on the other end. Let's just see how angry Matt is. Hi, Matt, how are you doing? Hello, Tim, how are you? <laughs> uh, I'm okay at the moment, okay at the moment. Uh, so let's let's just uh, let's just put it into perspective. Um, I think it, it was always one of those games that we were going to struggle to win, even with the improved form. Unfortunately, some of that improved form uh, in defence deserted us. Um, and again, we're just lacking quality uh, up at the front um, in that last third of the pitch. We got the occasional uh, uh, shot on goal, um, but kind of too few of them too many opportunities squandered and those that were even on goal I mean Smith's header was a a fairly strong header but it was at the right height for the keeper and and he just easily picked it out it's up front that the issues come but my perspective on it is that we were always going to struggle to get a result. Yes, the manner of the defeat wasn't good um, but uh, Matt, what do you think about it? Well, you've put a few things quite politely there Tim and obviously you have to <laughs> we have to on radio don't we um, yeah, for, for me uh, I don't mind losing the game of football um, we've shown fight and spirit uh, you know in the last two games against Lincoln and Ipswich you know uh, Ipswich being you know a really good side right at the top of the table going for a promotion 
Barnsley are a good side, like you said. You know, it was always going to be difficult. Um, you know, eleven versus eleven, um, but the manner of the way that we lost yesterday, and the fact that you know when they go down to ten men uh, just before half time, the uh, the just the way that the performance went, uh, completely unacceptable. Um, just zero fight. Just really, really lack of fight, lack of quality, lack of, you know, just being able to play a, a straight ball to each other, um, you know, especially in the in the attacking areas. And it, it was like we were just going through the motions yesterday, Tim. Like, it really was. Like, we'll, we'll just turn up and we'll just take whatever we, whatever Barnsley give to us and then we'll just go away and we'll just focus on, you know, the games coming up this week. And, you know, I don't like that. that that's not, what we're about as a team that's not about you know that's not what we're about as a squad and as I say we're in a position right now where we need to be fighting for every single point that we can get and it's very very rare when you go away from home at a team like Barnsley um, you know who are one of the bigger clubs in this league yes you go a goal down yes they were the better team um, you know they, they were barely getting out of first or even second gear at times. You know, it was very, very easy for them. But when you've got that opportunity, when, a, you know, a team like that go down to 10 men, you've got to up your game. You've got to up your tempo. Something's got to be done because, you know, just to roll over and just accept a result like that. And we huffed and we puffed. We didn't look interested. I think, you know, questions of the management as well about the way that they set up in the second half in terms of the tactics. I thought it was, you know, I thought Bonner was ta- tactically wrong yesterday. I thought he got absolutely exposed by uh, the Barnsley manager yet again. It has to be said yet again. Um, the players just weren't good enough. The substitutions, absolutely, you know, I don't, I don't know what was even going through their mind there in terms of trying to change the game. And it's just completely unacceptable. And you know, I, I said to you yesterday, I said it's, it's time for Mark to go. Because if they're just going to accept that and try and win two games of football next week at home and potentially the third game against Fleetwood the Tuesday after, if that's the attitude that they're going to take, then, you know, what the hell? Because, you know, you've got, an, you've got to fight for every single point right now. You know, we've got 17 odd games left. And, you know, you can't afford to miss an opportunity like that. And it's just not good enough. Absolutely unacceptable from the players, from the management. And it's time that a few of them started waking up because if they're going to go down into League Two and they think that's going to be good enough, then they they need to have their heads examined because it's not good enough and it's not good enough for the fans either. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so that's, well, that was fairly restrained, actually. That one, Matt. Um, we'll we'll talk about we'll talk about Bonner out in a minute. Um, and I, I I absolutely agree that you know you can be. You can be realistic and you can say, okay, we're not going to win every game between now and the end of the season. And we're going to come up against those better clubs and they're going to beat us and they're perhaps going to beat us easily. And you can put that to one side and you can pick out that the important games, I mean, you know, the next four games we've got are, are real key games. And, you know, if if we if we don't get you know, I think I think we need it as an absolute minimum. We need seven points from the next four games, and it would be great to get nine as a minimum. Um, 
and, and those are the games where you know there's there's then no excuse if you're not going to pick up points at those we are going down and we know that we can't rely on what everyone else is doing we have to do this ourselves we can only do that if we start beating those clubs that are in or around us so I think it's absolutely true that you know we, we have to look for points everywhere you can't just relax and say look we're going to lose this one so let's not bother too much about it, it might get injured might tire ourselves out it's a busy couple of weeks uh, if that's if that's the genuine attitude that the players went in with, then yeah, they need kicking around for it because that's not what we want. You know, we've shown that we can produce good results against uh, some of the better clubs, and therefore, why wouldn't you want to try? Um, I, I was reminded; I'd forgotten that uh, the, the, the fact that uh, the home game uh, they they finished the game with ten as well, um, and they actually played out outplayed us in the uh, home game as well in that last uh, what twenty twenty five minutes I think there was of the game and. and we are notoriously poor at playing against 10 men. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, and, and Mark even, we'll, t- we'll, we'll listen in the, the match, Mark, Mark even admitted that he got, he got, he got it wrong uh, 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 to, you know, to, to, the, to combat the changes that were made. And fine, okay, anybody can get it wrong. Uh, and, 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 and I suppose you look at it and say, well, at least he's got the decency to, to come out and say it. Um, and I, I, I don't. It, it's really difficult. I mean, you look at Southampton have just sacked Nathan Jones after seven games. Um, you know, and with with the resources he had, still, he, you know, he couldn't do anything about it. And I, I'm not, I'm not comparing the situation there. But I, I would always go back to whatever you think about the situation is. What would you do? So, so this is the question. What would you do? Once you've got rid of Bonner, where, where would we go? You know, is it is it likely we can find a manager? Would you go with Barry Core uh, as 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 a stand-in manager? Um, would it make a huge difference? Okay, and that would obviously show then that it was a tactical thing rather than a team thing. But you could also point to the fact that. One of the problems is if we change now and everyone go and we start winning games and everyone goes, oh, you see, Mark Bonner was rubbish. Well, A, he isn't. Apparently, obviously, he's not rubbish. He got us where we are. And people say, oh, yeah, but Mullin did that. Yeah, well, he did. But then we brought Mullin in and we put him into a team and we gave him the way in which he wanted to play. But it's also true that a lot of the injured players are just starting to come back now. Um, it was great to see Hounstrup back out on the pitch. Um, you know, he showed a couple of decent crosses in there and, and showed how useful he may be. Others have come back. We we have strengthened. Okay, there's a lot of talk about the fact that we haven't added people up front, and you can't argue with that. We didn't. Um, you know, and we'll see how much that comes back to haunt us later on. But what would you do if uh, if he was to go, mate? Well, I, I think you know the one one of the issues that we do have. Right now, there's a lot of players out of contract in the summer. Um, and the, the issue is that some of them just aren't interested whatsoever um, and they're looking towards the, the, the summer and the future at other clubs. So I think, you know, in some cases, some of those players even need to be sort of benched or, you know, taken out of the team completely um, and not be part of the first team. Uh, there's some players that say they're coming back from injury, but... You know, is it a case of are they going to be available? Can we play them now? Um, you know, Hans Strop, again, you know, it's a strange decision, but we are where we are with him. Um, you know, don't know why he came on yesterday when, you know, Liam Bennett was the best player on the pitch and got substituted. Um, you know, the most creative player and the only one trying to get, you know, towards the touchline to create anything. I, I think, you know, Joe Ironside, um, 
you know, God bless him, tries hard, has been trying hard all of this season. It's not working. I think he needs to come out. I think somebody, I'd say Fajiri Okunabiro would be the answer to that one. But obviously, we don't know what his situation is in terms of whether he's ill or he's injured or, you know, he's both probably. Um, the midfield, uh, you, you know, again, Colin McGrandall, maybe the, the lack of game time caught up with him. Yesterday, we just sent Lewis Simper out, out on loan, but we, you know, we kept Ben Warman. I mean, is that the right decision, really? Has, has Ben Warman really done enough to merit staying in and be a part of this squad when Lewis Simper has probably looked brighter than he has? You know, it, it's decisions like that as well. The, the back three yesterday just looked a bit sluggish a little bit couldn't deal with the, the diagonal balls coming in um, you know so again you know they, they had an off day they weren't at their best yesterday probably at fault for the first go Lloyd, Lloyd Jones um, and uh, Dimi Mitoff as well who I think should have done you know a lot lot better than what he did with the shot um, and to palm it straight to the striker is, is criminal bordering on criminal at least so you know what the hell he was doing with that I don't know and minding for the second goal I mean you know he might have a you know he might have a case that they were offside but you know it's, it makes no difference at the end of the day I mean the, the player shouldn't even be having a free shot from 25 yards out when you know we've got a man extra and nobody can be bothered to go and close him down so um, and you know it's okay for Mark to come out again and say yeah he's got it wrong but how many times has he got it wrong against 10 men? Yeah, and as you said, Tim, Barnsley at home last, you know, at, at the beginning of the season, they go down to 10 men. They rolled the dice. They went out attacking and they scored three goals and completely dismantled us with their play. Um, you know, and we've had it with Derby as well. And you, how, how many times can you keep getting it wrong before, you know, something is done about it? You can't keep coming out and saying, I made a mistake. Yeah, we all make mistakes, but the mistakes potentially are going to cost us our league position. So, you know, if 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 we're going to stick with Mark, something just needs to be done. Um, you know, I think he's had plenty of time. I think he's had more time than what a lot of managers would have done. I mean, if, if this was a, a Joe Dunn, a, a Sean Derry or a Colin Coldwood, would be up in arms and the, the terraces would probably, you know, potentially be on fire if they'd lost this amount of many games over the season. Um, so, you know, I have sympathy for him. Mark, as you say, he's not, he's not a bad manager. He, he had two good seasons with us. He's shown that, you know, he, he can do it, but something is going wrong here, you know, and, um, okay, we might not get the new manager bounce, and you're quite right, Tim, you know, because these players might look at it and go, well, I'm not going to be here next summer, so I don't give a, you know, a damn about this new manager coming in because I don't, I don't have to impress him. That's the case. Ship them out. Let these, you know, we've got a really good youth squad available there, you know, for for the for the new manager to use. If there's any out of contract players that potentially can bring in, you know, still till the end of the season, that you know might be looking for a deal for next year that they know they can rely on. Um, you know, that's an option. But you know, just to put your eggs all into one basket and hope that you're going to get, as you say, seven to nine points from the next four games is it's just not right. It's not the right thing to do because Cheltenham could turn up on Tuesday, stick 11 behind the ball, give us the ball and go, off you go, go and break us down. And what do we do? Because we don't have any creativity in the team. Our most creative player is Jack Lancaster. And how many minutes did he play yesterday? Probably about 10, if that. 
I mean, you know, you're crying out for, you know, oh, we need creativity, more creativity. We lack composure on the ball, this, that and the other. But you've got a play, you've got an option there. Like, give him a go. Why, why have you got something against him so much that your most creative player doesn't even play in the team? But there are other people that, you know, deserve a sport and they haven't done enough. So, I, it's, it's a tough one. But, you know, for, for me, Tim, I'd say if, if we're going to go down to League Two, um, absolutely fine. But, you know, we've got to put up a fight and something's got to be done. Something's got to be shaken up somewhere. And, you know, Ben Strang and the board of directors just need to do something whether it is going in there and speaking to Mark and go, look, here's your vote of confidence. You know, you need to, we all need a wake-up call here because, yeah, if we're going to go down, we're not supposed to be playing at League One. But these performances and the results are unacceptable. And at any other football club, your job would be on the line. So wake up. Do you need somebody fresh to come in in terms of coaching? You know, have you got to change the, the, the voices there? Have we got to do something else to help you? Just just anything, really. You know, the club needs to be proactive here. You know, the, and that's one of the things that we don't seem to be. We seem to be quite happy right now just, just to roll on and just try and survive if we can or if we go down, oh, let's not worry about it. We'll, we'll accept it and we'll rebuild next year. But if we go down to League Two and rebuild next year, Tim, you know, we ain't, we're, gonna, we're not going to have instant success next year because... We've got to go and find ten to fifteen new players. So yeah. I don't know. It's it's just it's it's crazy. Something just needs to be done because you know to to try and rely on you know these next few games and a few others against the teams in and around us who, as I say, could just sit eleven behind the ball and you know have one shot and score one goal. It, it, it's it's suicide. Like you can't yeah. you can't do it. You just can't rely on those games, you know, to try and keep us up. So it's going to be interesting, that's for sure. And, you know, the first the first step is, you know, obviously Tuesday against Cheltenham where they've got to try and put it right, haven't they? Yeah, they, they have. And I, I think, the, for me, the, 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 the interesting thing is, is that kind of like, I, and you, I was reading the forums, and I know the forums aren't representative of the whole of the support base of the club. Um, and I know there are people in there who just enjoy winding people up and people fall for it. But I think one of the things that I think the anger yesterday, and there was definite anger at the end of that game, the, the, the team were booed off, and, and, and Mark, so there were a, a few fans screaming abuse at Mark as he's coming off, which I think is, I mean, I, I get I get you frustrated. I get we've lost a game. I get we've, guess we've, I get that we've lost a game that we just didn't really appear to want to take take on I don't think it helps screaming abuse at players and managers but that, that's, a, that's a separate matter each, each to their own I, I look at I mean you look at the club and how the club has changed in terms of its structure and the way it works and how solvent we are and we've just bought back our ground and how great things are and I know there's got nothing to do with what's now happening on the pitch and it's all very well to have that but we've got a place in League One yes it might not be a deserved place in League One um, and without pulling Paul Mullin, we probably wouldn't have been there. But that, that's beside again, that's beside the point. We're here and we have to make the most of what we've got. We've got, as you pointed out, a lot of players out of contract at the end of this season. And any that we hope to keep are far less likely to do it um, under uh, League Two. Uh, so you know it, it, it's easier to restock a, a league a, a League 
two side, a League One side, if you you know, than it is a League Two side. But only if you've got the money, because of course the players cost more the ones that you want to bring in. Um, and I'm sure there's plenty going on behind the scenes, a to try and tie people down to contracts. Although I don't think they're going to have much luck in getting people to sign because no one's going to sign at this stage, not knowing where they're going to be, um, or thinking about you know what they're going to take on for next year that you know that they're not re-signing and I think again that's a difficult one because are you picking League 2 or League 1 players is there going to be more or less of a budget because of any move that might happen so I, I again complex but I you know people Strang is not he's not he's not stupid and he, you know he's 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 looking for what he can do there and so are the club and I guess that the conversations will happen. I mean, Mark meets regularly with the board um, and they don't have to be uh, all nice and polite to him at these board meetings. Okay, there's a public face and they won't say anything about him at the moment because he hasn't even been given that vote of, yeah, we've got complete confidence in him. That hasn't come yet. So, but I would guess that, you know, I mean, it's a performance-related game and they're going to say, look, yeah, the performance, unfortunately, isn't up to scratch. One of the questions that was raised, we would, I was chatting at half-time to a couple of fans, and I, one of them, we were talking about the fact, if these seasons had happened the other way around, so if last, if this season was last season and then next season we have the next, you know, we'd, we'd got the next season coming up, you'd have looked at that and said, OK, well, first year back in League One, we, we, we just about avoided relegation. It was really, it was really uh, you know, squeaky bum time but but it didn't happen we got through and then look at us now we finished 12th in the league or whatever 14th in the league or what it was we take United we take Newcastle uh, you know out the FA Cup and, and that and if we'd done this the other way around then no one would be complaining at all and it was almost like you know Bonds Bonds blew this season by having such a good season in his f- in his first year at League One um, and when you think about it I mean you know he's not an he's not an experienced manager we know that he's a young manager um, his first First, first club, and you know, I think, yeah, of course he could do better. And 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 apologising isn't enough when he gets things wrong. He needs to change it, and that sometimes is what we don't see. We don't see him making those changes that he needs to make. Yeah, and um, as you say, you know, if the seasons were swapped around, um, yeah, everybody would be happy, wouldn't they? Um, but I think, you know, when you have such a good season last year. And in terms of, you know, the the good PR and uh, all the good work being done around the football club um, off the field, you know, you, you've got to replicate that again on the field, uh, you know, for the, for this season as well. And like I say, you know, the, the first thing that you look at is, is recruitment. You know, have we recruited well this year? Well, you know, at the moment, obviously, the, the signs are pointing at no, no, we haven't. You know, did we do we create? You know, recruit the right players in the right positions? Not particularly. Um, you know, Zeno Ibsen Rossi's probably been the the bigger success out of our signings so far. Obviously, the January signings is a, is a bit early to you know be judging them. But when you think of the the summer signings, most of them have either been injured or. Um, you know, just haven't played in, in terms of Psycho Janus' case. Um, so, yeah, you know, apart from Wilson Rossi, who, again, is there's a very good player there. And, um, you know, obviously we would hope he'll be back soon to, you know, get back into it because he'll make a, you know, a bit of a difference as well, you know, defensively and uh, beyond, you know, offensively, hopefully at set pieces. But, yeah, the, 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 the summer recruitment was poor, the... the January recruitment is, you know, too early to to judge yet. 
But, you know, is it enough? You know, obviously, time will tell, and at the end of the season, it will tell, you know, having Michael Morrison in and Ryan Bennett in, you know, has worked for, you know, the two short games out of three so far. You know, yesterday was a bit of a, you know, a tougher game for them. Uh, Colin McRandall's, again, has looked like a decent player. Um, but yeah, you know, again, time time will tell. I don't think he's the creative player that would that we've needed. And like you said, you know, at the, at the beginning of the show, Tim, you know, the strike force of basically going completely off the ball, one way or the other. So um, you know, and that's that's the thing. This is why why people get annoyed. I think that's why you know why there are angry people. I I will freely admit I booed the players off yesterday because I. You know, I think the performance was completely unacceptable because they're better than that. They really are better than that. And as I say, you know, if they're going to go down to League Two, then, you know, they've got to put more of a fight than what they did yesterday. Um, you know, and as I say, not being able to do the basic things, you know, completely right and, you know, not being able to go and chase a man down and, you know, use the ball better and things like that and having to travel that distance. And, you know, poor old you, Tim, you've seen some shockers this season as well. I'm surprised you haven't started yet. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I just, it's just, it's not enough. You know, when, when they can put in two good performances like they did against Lincoln and, you know, we, we, said about that in terms of should we have rolled the dice there and tried to have won that game because that was an opportunity um, and then you know you have a really good result against Ipswich where you know you're under a lot of pressure you've had to dig in you, you know you dug in well successfully uh, you know got a point you know people will say yeah Ipswich could have and should have won it but you know if we'd have scored the penalty to make it 2-0 you know we could have gone on and won the game but it, it, again, you know, the, the questions were asked at the Ipswich game where their manager rolled the dice, made three changes at half-time and, you know, they got back into the game. Yesterday, the Barnsley manager makes two changes at half-time, sees the game out, gets a gets a second goal and we don't react to it. And But that's our issue every single time when something goes wrong is that on that day, on that pitch... We do not react to what the opposition do or we don't make a change for, you know, the opposition manager to have to think and change what he's doing. Like we always wait until the 68th to the 74th minute. You can probably set your, your watch by it um, to make any type of change. It's very, very rare. We have had the odd occurrence this year where we've had it made the sub at half-time and, you know, obviously injuries during the game. You know, yesterday, it just you could just quite clearly see something needed to be changed. I had 15 minutes at half-time to have a look at it, you know, sacrifice something, just do something different, to go out and give it a go. If we get beat 4-0, that's fine. We get beat 4-0, but at least we've gone and had a go. I think it was, like you said, two shots on target yesterday uh, against a team against 10 men. You know, that is just just not good enough it's just not good enough so, and you know so, things have to change so okay so so you, you, you said just a, you, uh, just a second ago when we were talking about recruitment and and the, the conversations with the board and everything and you talked about you, one of the points you made was you know asked Mark is there anything else that you need as a manager is it is it coaching staff is it is it different advice that, that's a really interesting question because I don't. I don't think Mark rules with a, with a rod of iron. I don't get that impression. Uh, you know, when you talk to him, 
and and that you know so so what are people telling him you know what's Barry Cor saying you know what 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 are people saying to him when we get to that half time and and uh, you know or in the dugout is that is that because are we not getting him the advice that he needs is it we're not supporting a young manager who's relatively inexperienced to do their job I mean, it, it, it's not necessary, but you know, you, you look at it, and it, it's the same. It's the same thing that we do all the time. Like it's the same plays. It's the same kind of set pieces. It's the same free kicks. It's, you know, nobody's nobody seems to be going to Mark and going, well, why don't we change this? Or why don't you why don't you think about this? Why don't we try that? Like there's there's no difference to the way we play, you know, throughout the season. Like and you know, I saw a comment on on the the message board uh, yesterday. You know, like last year, we always seem to have a plan how to play against teams, and obviously, it didn't always come off if we took a few hidings last year. And you know, you're always going to do it, but we always seem to have a plan against other teams. You know, and we always try to execute it. And then if that didn't work, we'd go on to something else. We try something different. But this year, we just seem to play with one plan. And then if that plan doesn't work, okay, we'll just carry on with that plan. And we'll just put players onto the pitch and just play at that plan. And we won't try anything different at all. Yeah. Like how many how many how many times can you play from the same like you know, they've got the charts and the, the things there, we all see it when they're making substitutions. Like, you know, what what are they what are they saying to the players? Because it just seems to be the same thing, the same play every single time. And it just makes you wonder, you know, what are we practicing in training? Like, you know, why, why are our set pieces still so bad? Why is there no movement off the ball? You know, it's, it's just basic things like that. So I, I, I don't know, Tim, it's obviously been a, you know, a, a long stressful weekend and, you know, they're a lot, lot better than what they are, but it's just something has to, it just seems to be the same thing yeah. every single time. And, you know, as I say, do, do they need to look at it? Do they need to go back and analyze and just think, can we do do something different? Can we try something different? You know, and we'll see. Tuesday, as I say, Tuesday's a yep. different game. And, uh, you know, if they win Tuesday and they win Saturday, then we'll stop moaning again for another <laughs> week, won't we? <laughs> <laughs> we will indeed. And that's, I mean, you talk about a stressful weekend. It's a stressful February. Cheltenham, uh, Tuesday. Oxford, Saturday. Uh, Fleetwood, the Tuesday, all the way up to Fleetwood again. Uh, that's a great one. Uh, and then Exeter uh, away. Um, and we all, we all know how that ends normally. Um, but it, it's going to be a stressful February, but the position could either be we could it could all be over or it could all be over and we we're not in danger anymore if we pick up 12 points or it could be more of the same and we end up still going into march and wondering whether we're going to get there it's not going to get settled this month but i think there are some there's, there's enough key games in this month to really give an indication of uh, of what's going to happen um and hopefully you know we can pick up those points the the, the nice the, the nice shiny uh, point in this month of course is going to be uh, the 22nd of feb um which unfortunately for the women's team because the women were playing i've got their uh, derby against city at the abbey stadium on wednesday 
Wednesday the 22nd and now they're competing against the under 18s playing at the Emirates Stadium which I think might attract a few more a few more fans unfortunately mm. for the women's game but um, you, you, that was I mean the the win uh, last week I mean amongst amongst all the wins they've had in the uh, league in the cup was uh, another fantastic one two things really impressed me one is how they moved the ball around uh, like they've been playing football together for 20 years not being 20, 18 years old and, and, and not had that much experience really and the other one was the intelligent game management seeing the game out they knew that they'd got to win the game uh, and instead of uh, carrying on playing into the uh, centre like that, like you, like you might be tempted to do if you think you're winning and you, you're the better team which I think they were then they moved it to the corners they played the ball out uh, and it was just a really really intelligent use of uh, of what they were doing of the of the ball control and the ball time that they had and I you know I, I, you'd say well they're not going to beat Arsenal but they beat Chelsea um, anything's possible but the opportunity for them to go to the Emirates and play at the Emirates is just going to be huge yeah absolutely um, they deserve everything that they get this year and uh, had a really good run again um as you say, by all accounts, playing some really good football as well. Um, you know, I hope they really enjoy their, their you know, their, their massive game at the at the Emirates because they've, they've worked hard and they they deserve it. And for some of them, it could be their their biggest, you know, biggest game in the careers. I hope not because I hope they they're all, you know, a few of them coming up into the first team and they'll be playing, you know, uh, some bigger games for for us in in the first team at some point. And but as you say, yeah, it, it's a going to be a fantastic night for them uh, yeah I do feel sorry for the ladies team as well because obviously being on the same night but there's nothing that you know the, the football club can do about that it's just the way the, the scheduling is done it's got to be played on you know we, the week before the 1st of March or the 4th of March or something so it's, it's really unfortunate for them but you know hopefully there'll be there'll be plenty of both games uh, if they if they don't move the, the, the ladies game to a, to a different day yeah that, that, um, that that makes sense to move the, to, to, to see if they can delay the women's game mm-hmm. because I think that it, it will obviously massively impact on the people that might come out because there's going to be a lot of people wanting to go to the Emirates first of all and then you know to see the success of a Cambridge side uh, that uh, is a bit of a rarity at the moment um, it would be really good but uh, yeah it, 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 I, it, I'm assuming they probably will at least think about it if the uh, women's uh, the women's league are prepared to do something like that but it'll be uh, if not then uh, split your time let's uh, see we'll get some people to the Abbey and some people to the Emirates but uh, Matt thanks very much uh, for joining us we shall <laughs> talk to you again next week cheers take care mate Bye. So there we go. Uh, not not not. As, I mean, uh, angry. I think he's you know a good anger. Um, I think it's uh, I think it's a really difficult situation. Um, it, it, yeah, we could we could get rid of Bonner, and you know it may change things. It may not. Um, I think M- Matt's right about people not necessarily giving it their all. Um, it, we certainly need that. We certainly need that to happen. Um, I'm just gonna try uh, so i haven't been able to, to get hold of robbie uh, as yet so we'll just take a quick break i was going to go histon next but i'm going to go to robbie and i've got a, a zoom meeting set up which i've invited him to but i haven't actually heard back from him so this may not work at all but let's take a quick break and come back and see if he's there Broadcasting from the city centre on fm digital and your mobile cambridge 105 radio from the terraces on Cambridge 105 Radio. Sydney, Sydney, Sydney. 
Okay, so uh, I've got the Zoom meeting open. He hasn't he hasn't responded, so I'm not I'm not actually expecting him uh, to be there. But we'll give him a couple of minutes just to see if he turns up. Meanwhile, we'll talk about uh, the game. Um, so a cracking goal! If you go on the Twitter the Twitter feed and watch Jared Robinson's overhead kick uh, uh, towards the end of the game, uh, really really good goal. It was a, a, a game. Judging, I've got I've got no no not- no notifications of how the game went. Uh, I haven't seen any of the post match stuff as yet. Um, but I think they beat Coleshill earlier on in the season, right at the start of the season, I think it was. Um, 1-0 at half-time, finished 3-2, and if you look at the goals, it looks like a, a comeback um, after they'd gone three down. Uh, penalty first of all, uh, and then uh, two goals in the first 20 minutes of the uh, um, second half, and then Dan Cotton gets one on 74, and then General Robertson, I say, scores an overhead kick um, off a, an attempted clearance. Um, at the end so we'll come back at the end but unfortunately it finishes uh, 3-2 um, which leaves City uh, in 15th place um, but uh, they are four points clear of uh, Gresley Rovers uh, um, with uh, well they've all played the same number of games so it's a long way four, four points away from that play, from the drop spot Deerham Town are topping that uh, playoff uh, slot at the bottom they're on 26 points but they have played a game more St Neats are on 23 points so no immediate safety worries um, given especially given the form that they've had I think it's three wins out of five at the moment um, so probably not not necessarily panicking at the moment but they will want to uh, move up in terms of upcoming games um, let me just go back and have a look at the fixture list oh let's go and pick City rather than everybody's fixture list uh, but there you go um, yeah so they've got uh, Gressley Rovers which is a key game on uh, this Wednesday might go down and uh, see that if I can um, Gressley Rovers as I say they're just just beneath them uh, just above that playoff spot four points behind on the same number of games so a, a real good three pointer there six pointer rather three pointer well, it is a three pointer but you know what I mean a six pointer um, for them to get that one in and then uh, at the weekend after that they've got Har- sorry the weekend ne- next Saturday the 18th they've got Harbour Town uh, up at uh, Harbour Town and that's again uh, an interesting one there just outside there at the other end of the uh, uh, playoffs uh, at the top of the table um, just beneath Coles Hill um, again uh, it, they'll they'll be wanting to put a, a good a good impression out there and and try and just kind of solidify a bit they've they've had those three wins out of five now um, if they can get one during the week that's four and then uh, another one or a draw against uh, Harbour Town will actually move them up quite a number of points quite a number of places um, that they could come up to sort of like 12th 13th if the, if everything works out for them um, so yeah as I suspected Robbie's not actually uh, going to join um, so we won't do that but what we'll do is we'll take another quick break and then we'll come back and we'll talk about Histon Broadcasting from the city centre on FM, digital and your mobile Cambridge 105 Radio From the terraces on Cambridge 105 Radio When we come back, uh, we'll be talking about uh, all things history. Out in the country, far from all the subtle noise of the city, there's a village green. Sir, 
Uh, as I said at the start, uh, two successive 3 0 wins uh, from Lance and the Histon team. Uh, they, uh, after a long, a long layoff, really, they had four games postponed, uh, so didn't play from the 7th of Jan all the way up till the 4th of Feb against Bugbrook St Michael last week. Uh, 3 0 win uh, there, um, and then Lutterworth up in Leicester uh, this week. Um, again, another 3 0 win win so two really good results and then um, the next four block of four games again going to be really important so they've got Newport Pagnell and Odeby Town who are um, well, Newport Pagnell are right up at the top end in the mix for uh, the t- for the um, for going up although probably they're a bit sure they've got a lot of games in hand there which is uh, interesting but they are a fair way out seven points away from qualifier from uh, promotion and then Odeby are just beneath Histon in the, in the league and then if you look then after that um, you go to uh, two really really important games Milton Keynes Irish and March Town um, important because that's exactly uh, the, t- the teams that are uh, around and about them so March are directly above them uh, played a game more and only a point ahead so that's a big game for them and then Milton Keynes Irish although they're right up in fourth place they have played a number of games more um, so again a, a good result there could start to drag uh, Histon up into that sixth spot I spoke to Lance uh, this morning this is what he had to say uh, following the uh, weekend's football. So Lance, it's uh, two successes, 3-0 uh, wins, uh, Bugbrook St Michael followed by uh, yesterday Lutterworth Town. Um, leaves you still eighth in the league, but you've now started to break away from the ninth place and you're looking upwards. Yeah, I think obviously back-to-back 3-0s, back-to-back clean sheets. Um, like you say, results kind of went for us yesterday as well. So we're very much cemented in that top eight uh, with potential of going higher. So... Yes, his result was very pleasing in, in many aspects. And so to be on the coattails of the top six is great. And uh, this week, a busy week for you. You've got uh, Newport Pagnell midweek and then uh, Odeby Town on Saturday. Um, uh, in, injury-wise, how are you doing at the moment? Yeah, we're OK. Uh, Pat Bexall uh, came off again yesterday with a, the same kind of knee stroke calf issue. Um, so he may be a doubt for Tuesday night. Uh, we'll have to nurse him through that, possibly. Um, but yeah, we're, we're not bad. Dan, uh, Dan Brown came off the bench yesterday for his first first team appearance for probably four months. So yeah, I mean, we're not too far away. Um, and the way the squad is play, performing at the moment, the way we are as a, as a group um, at the moment, we, we fear nobody. And, and I guess this is a really good time to come back to full strength and everything. As I said, uh, Newport Pagnolo will be this week, but next week is going to be a bit of a key week. You've got Milton Keynes uh, again midweek and then March Town, uh, both of the teams uh, you know that you can, you can reasonably catch. Uh, so uh, some real good points there to be earned. Yeah, and especially with the results, like I say, yesterday going for us, if we can get some positive results over the next four games, especially against those two teams in March and MK Irish especially, um, then I think you know we can cement ourselves in that top six, and uh, the way we're going right now. I mean, yesterday's performance was was creditable on, a, on an awful pitch, awful surroundings, just a, a horrible kind of place to go to, really. So the way the players went about their business yesterday was testament to how they, at the moment, like I say, are, are a strong unit. And we nearly at half time, and then Sam Roach pulls off an amazing save just after half time. Um, we go one nil up. Um, through Jay Rolf, who ended up staying in the 18-yard box when should be getting back, but we won't mind that because he got the first goal. And then, obviously, Sam Roach saved the penalty to sort of get us over the line. And then, obviously, we finished the game strong and, and we're worthy 3-0 winners in the end. 
And as you said, I mean, it's easy to look at six goals in two games and, and the points that that brings you, but uh, uh, no goals conceded, which is equally as pleasing, if not more so, especially for you as a goalkeeper. Uh, d- definitely. I mean, I mean, Jay Rolf's come in from Royston Town to help us out for three or four games. Um, you can see the quality he has, his, his understanding and his reading of the game is exceptional. So it's no kind of fluke that he's coming to side with Kevin. Two clean sheets now. However long we keep him for, um, I don't know. But obviously, we're trying to get him fit for Royston Town. But he's obviously he's benefiting benefiting us at the time at the same time. So you know, at the moment we're hard to break down, and with a goalkeeper in form and a back four, you know, defending for their lives, yeah, we're hard to break at the moment. And you said right at the start of the season, the aim was in that kind of six, seventh, eighth spot was uh, where you wanted to finish. It's all looking good at the moment with what just about twelve, thirteen games to go. Yeah, it is. You know, we said that top six was our aim this year. And like you say, the next four games are, are, could be pivotal in, in, in where we probably end up. Like you say, we, we, there's, a, there's a gap now between us and, and eighth and ninth. So, yeah, we, we're in a strong position. And if we can finish the season well, then who knows where it takes us. Who knows indeed. Uh, let's take a quick break and we'll come talk uh, about the women's football. Across the city and South Cambridgeshire. On FM, digital and your mobile. Cambridge 105 Radio. From the terraces on Cambridge 105 Radio. So as I said earlier, both uh, City and United in action last week. City were in action against uh, London Seaward, uh, a 1-0 loss. I spoke to Paul Burling uh, briefly this morning. He was on his way out. So uh, let's listen to what he had to say uh, around uh, that game. Paul. Uh, a 1-0 loss against uh, a, a traditionally strong London Seaward side, nil all at half-time. Um, although it was a loss, um, a, a good result against a good side. Yeah, morning. Look, um, obviously no one likes to lose, but following the performance the week before, um, a 1-0 defeat is acceptable, I suppose, in the circumstances against a, a talented team who, who, as you say, have been putting a few past everybody so far this season. Um, we played well, we had a good shape and we had probably the best four chances of the game and unfortunately happened to score an own goal. So uh, just one of those days at the office, I'm afraid. And it's uh, on to uh, an equally difficult game uh, this week, um, although Queen's Park Rangers haven't been doing quite as well as they have in the past. Um, still a strong side, um, but an opportunity uh, to uh, try and capitalise on the improvement in performance and perhaps pick up a point or two there. Definitely. Uh, we need to continue from last last weekend, where we did play well. The result didn't, uh, didn't do us justice. And we need to take that forward. And that's the thing. It's about getting some consistency in our performances um, moving forward for the rest of the season, really. And uh, in terms of moving on from there, I don't want to look too far into the future, but th- there's this game coming up on uh, the 19th, the Hounslow game, which, given the state of the league it's in at the moment with just the one uh, relegation, is obviously going to be probably the most important game you're going to play, uh, certainly in the second half of the season. I'd go as far as to say it's the biggest game in the club's history at the moment. Um, we need to win that and, and stay in the division and continue building. Yeah, I mean, looking at that, I guess that, that that's the danger is that, uh, you know, if you if you were to drop out, it uh, it, it then obviously makes everything much worse. You, you're playing down at a lower level. You find it more difficult to attract people. And uh, and at a time when Cambridge City are obviously looking to move forward with a new with a new club and, uh, and everything, it, it would be a, a, a real sad thing to happen. 
Yes, the the division below is is very difficult to get out of. If we were to drop down into that, we we um we'd have a real fight on our hands. There's some quality teams in the league below, um, who are all playing very well and very consistently. So uh, we're not even thinking about that really. We need mm-hmm. to just focus on the old cliche of every game as it comes and take the points where we can. Um, and hopefully that won't be a consideration going forward into the new stadium next season. No, absolutely. And I think, I mean, it's really difficult. QPR are a good side. Um, Having said that, uh, United had a good result against them uh, recently. Um, So uh, an ill or draw. Um, So anything's possible. They can pick up the points, but that the Hounslow game, I mean, if you look at the table, Hounslow on no points after nine games with a minus 100 goal difference. We've talked about how poor a season they've had. Cambridge City 11 games so they've played two more games uh, they've got three points only uh, and a goal difference of minus 21 so on the face of it you'd look at Hounslow and say they'll save Cambridge City from going down but it's absolutely vital that uh, they don't so the City don't lose that game because with the games in hand they could actually even overtake them before you know before the end of the season even if they beat them so they they must beat them and hopefully uh, they will do uh, so good luck to uh, City today as they line up against QPR and then next week against Hounslow we will be talking to them uh, just before the start of that game next week on to United. Uh, United had an interesting game against Hashtag. They were one all at half-time. They scored first from a set piece and it looked like they might take points off them, but there was a short period in the second half where it all went horribly wrong. I spoke to Darren again this morning. Uh, this is what he had to say after that Hashtag game. Darren, I was down at the game last week and uh, a, an interesting game. Hashtag obviously running away with the league, 10 games, nine wins, uh, one draw, no losses, 28 points, eight points clear of a team that's actually got a game in hand over them. Um, I guess it would have been easy to look at that as, uh, you know, a, a game that's going to be really, really difficult and, and, and indeed it proved. But I thought from what I saw of the game, certainly up until the start of the, you know, the, that period in the start of the second half, you held your own. You went in one all up, you scored first and it, and it was looking like you might actually take points off them. Yeah, yeah, it was, um, you know... It... First half was was good. It was exactly to the plan that, that we spoke about and worked on through the week. Um, and I was really pleased with with what the players did. Obviously, without the ball especially, because we had to be good without the ball. Um, and I thought our compactness, I thought our understanding of the distances, our protection of the right areas was very good. Um, and, you know, the score was one all at half time, but I felt that we'd controlled the game quite well without the ball. Um and I always like when you see players feeling quite comfortable not having the ball. You could see, you could see our players were, you know, just putting themselves into the right places in the right times and not panicking, not pressing balls they didn't need to press, but equally pressing when it was really important that we did. Um, so the first half was really good. It went exactly how we'd have wanted it to. Um, scored first, like you said as well. We took our opportunities. So it was clinical at the other end too. Um, good finish from Bella. And and what we spoke about half time is the bit that. I'm still disappointed about because we'd we'd said and I said, you know, it's going to be a very fast start from hashtag. They're going to come at us. They're going to be quite direct. They're going to try and get the ball in behind us as much as they can and in and around the box as much as they can. And, you know, ultimately we conceded four goals in a nine minute spell, which is not, you can't accept that. It doesn't matter who you're playing. 
Um, so it's frustrating because we had a good first half and actually the last half an hour of the second half, again, we controlled the game without the ball. But, you know, by that by that time that the game has gone and it's very difficult to get yourself back in the game. But yeah, look, there's positives from it. Um, but I'd be wrong to say I'm overly positive about it because ultimately we want to get something out of games like that. So we've, we've got to improve, but there were some good signs. Yeah, as you say, it was kind of, uh, it, it was, they said, I think it was uh, about 53 minutes the first goal went in, and then 56, uh, 62, and 66 were, were the, the, other th- the other three. And it, it was that sudden sense of heads dropped and the basic kind of disappeared, the clearing the ball, the moving the ball wide, the moving the ball through, all kind of suffered and they kept putting pressure and pressure and pressure and obviously put a lot of goals past you. Um, I mean, you've talked about this before, this has been an issue in other games, is what can you do to kind of combat that, that problem? In those moments when it gets tough, because when you're playing a really good side like Hashtag, you're always going to have spells of the game that are going to be tough. And whether it be, you know, that period just after half time, or whether it be during during part of either half, you, you go into endure a spell like that. You have to accept that. Um, what you've got to do is you've effectively got to disrupt their tempo. Um, what happened was they scored one goal and it was a, it was a well-worked goal, to be fair to them. But at that point, it's only 2-1. You're still very much in the game. You don't have to panic. So it's not then about you know pressing into different areas. It's not about um, doing things differently to what got you into that good position in the first place. And what you have to do is disrupt their tempo. They're going to want to play at a really quick tempo. They're now on top. As we all know, in, in football, you know, momentum is, is, is a large part of the game. And once a team like Hashtag have the momentum, you have to disrupt that momentum. So it's about slowing the game down. It's about, as you said, making sure that the clearances are good, making sure that we stay compact in the right areas. And it's just making sure that they can't bombard us for that short period of time. You know, make sure that we swallow it up, take a, take a, a bit of a break from things. So, you know, might have to slow the game down at certain moments and make sure that we, we don't allow them to build that momentum quickly. Um and we just didn't do that. We we kind of gave the ball away a little bit too cheaply uh, and the pressure kept coming. And, you know, that pressure told very much in that spell. So you know, I, sp- I spoke to the players about this and that's what they have to now do from an on-field perspective. They have to understand that when they get an opportunity during that spell to slow the game up, they must slow the game down and just just control the tempo to our benefit rather than allowing other teams to dictate the tempo to us when it suits them. So that's really what's got to change. Um you know, understanding that when those spells come, accept that it will be tough. But if you do the, the the right things the right way, then then you've got a good chance of seeing that spell out and then come out the other side of it. Had we have come out of that first 15 minutes after half time, um, you know, 2-1 down, we're very much in the game. And then we can settle into a rhythm. And, you know, the hashtag are a team that are used to blowing teams away. And they they were very frustrated at half time. Their manager in particular was was very frustrated. So the longer the game had gone with us in the game, the more they would have got frustrated. And that's the understanding that we need players to have is that you don't have to get straight back in the game when you're 2-1 down. You just have to make sure that you frustrate them by staying in the game and you'll get your opportunity later on. So you're moving on to <clears throat> Cambridge City, the uh, the derby at uh, United at the Abbey Stadium uh, on the 22nd. Uh, that leaves you a big gap, uh, one of these gaps that turns up in the league from time to time. Um, so what, what will you be doing today? Are you playing today or um, training or anything? No, so we've given the players the day off today. Um, they're, they're having a little bit of a get-together, going to watch um, Spurs Man United women's game today. So... Um, good chance for them to go and spend some time together. Obviously, we've signed some new players over the last couple of months and this is their first opportunity to go and get out and know each other as people. So, important that as well. Um, 
So that's their program for today. And then normal training program through the week this week. And then we're, we're looking to get a friendly game next Sunday. Um, you know, so we, we don't have too much uh, time off of games and then that will build us up nicely for the following week when we've got the City game. So schedule looks quite nice in that perspective. I, I don't mind in this occasion, like you say, there's there's quite a lot of these breaks in the league, but uh, this one's worked out quite nicely for us because we can get the players out uh, all together and then a nice week of, of training before we head into the City game. And hopefully a big crowd of that football under lights at the Abbey Stadium is always good um, uh, and it would be good to get a good crowd down there. Definitely, yeah. And we, we've uh, we've obviously had good crowds when we've played the likes of Norwich at the Abbey uh, earlier in the season. So uh, with it being a local derby, we'd, we'd like to think that we'd get a good crowd. Um, it's a good opportunity locally to to sort of showcase women's football at a good level. Um, you know, and there's lots of people around around the city and around Cambridgeshire in general that uh, have an opportunity to come and watch a women's game. So really hoping that we can attract people down, even if it's their whether it's their first women's game or or not their first. It'd be nice to see a lot of people there. Yeah, it would be. And that was unfortunate. It was only after that that I kind of looked at the dates and realised that there was that clash and hopefully something can be done about that. Um, but, it, but it is what it is. Uh, both games will be interesting in their own right. Um, that's all we've got time for uh, this week. Thanks very much to Matt for joining us, to uh, Lance and to Darren and to Paul as well. Um, sorry I couldn't get in touch with uh, Robbie. Um, hopefully we'll be talking to you next week with uh, three points, four points, six points, who knows uh, that might be a very different position thanks very much for joining us we'll talk to you again next week cheers Cambridge 105 Radio. if you're like me you've got a family and a business and you want to protect what's most important when the chips are down with Woodfine solicitors that's exactly what happens i got a bespoke legal service from a friendly expert team they really listened to what was going on and tailored their recommendations to my situation, which was, well, that's another story. Anyway, the best thing was that it all happened online. A few simple clicks and I had my quote. That freed up time to focus on everything else. Get the help you need when you need it most. Visit woodfinds.co.uk or call Cambridge 411421. Woodfinds, cutting through the red tape. This is Cambridge 105 Radio and on the latest CAMS politics. If you're going to have growth, so you need it to be adequately funded in terms of putting in not just houses and not just transport, which are the two things we only ever hear about here, but also the whole raft of community spaces to bring people together, to enable them to live healthy and positive lives. Listen now at cambridge105.co.uk.